glory, fortune, fame, passion, heartbreak, and success. All on this episode of Behind the Behind the Music. I welcome for our first episode here um, our co-host, Ashley. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great, too. Thank you for having me, because this is, you know, this is our, like, our thing. Yeah, yeah. This is months a, and months in the making. A long gestating dream. So There's, a, there's actually going to be an episode about this podcast yeah. <laughs> behind the podcast. That's yeah. going to be our our next thing. Exactly. So to tell folks who are, are listening um, uh, what they have just gotten themselves into, uh, Ashley, who is on the podcast. Uh, gold nerds podcast and a brilliant awesome funny person um has wow you're really hyping me up here i'm hyping people are gonna be disappointed yeah exactly (laughs) has has been has been kind enough to to um join with me in this long gestating idea of we got to do something together we got to do something together and one day she was watching behind the music episodes and tweeting about them online and i was like (laughs) i need to be in this conversation i need to be with you Talking about behind the music because I think I saw every episode. Which then, upon researching, I realized how many episodes of this show were, and yeah. I definitely didn't see every episode. No, I did. I thought I saw a hell of a lot more than I've actually seen. Yeah, they go. Whoa, we get to those later years. Wow, Oof. intense. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna we're gonna climb the mountain. We're gonna try to watch every episode of Behind the Music. Every single one of them. And and some of them are hard to find. So we, we we might need a help. A lot of them are hard to find. Yeah, they're like they're like there's a couple of holy grails out there. Uh, looking at you, Millie Vanilli. Um, yes. And we're gonna go through episodes. We're not gonna do an episode a show because again, as we did our research, we realized some of these are boring. Very. <laughs> but, and some I just don't even know who the people are. So yeah, yeah that's that is true. <laughs> well, and some of them have very odd names. Like they aren't about an artist. Like there was this one that's in the first season that I just read about called Nowhere to Run, and I was like, "What's this about?" And it's all about stalkers, which to me, oh, Rock that's music. like a true crime episode. I yeah, would enjoy that. Yeah, to me, that sounds like. I mean, that's like sort of like a dark never seen before episode that I had never like heard of. I had never heard of that. And so I, 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 we got to find that one. If, if anyone's Definitely. listening can find us that episode, it would be amazing. So, yeah. so yeah, I guess, you know what, before we get into the particular episodes, this is the first episode. Just, I would love to hear from you. Like when someone says behind the music, do you, what do you think about? What memories does it bring out in you? Well, I think I grew up in that generation where, oddly enough, when you when you hear the words behind the music, all you can think of is Will Ferrell and Cowbell. <laughs> that is awesome. As we all know, or if you don't know, I'm a huge comedy nerd. So yeah, uh, that is the first thing that comes to mind is Will Ferrell. Second thing that comes to mind is just, I, like I can remember watching the show, stumbling across it on Much Music in Canada. Ah, which One- is where I watched it as well, because I was raised in Canada too. There you go. See, um, and just being like, "What is this?" Because I love, I love the nitty gritty. I like hear, like I don't want to hear. I was in the right place at the right time. I want to hear people like were broke for years, and then like I like drug addictions in my behind them. Like I love, it. I love all the gossip. So yeah, I remember trying to like 
I think it used to be on like once a week and I'd try and catch them every week and tape them and then obviously like you said going back through the sort of like list of them all I missed quite a number of them so I don't know how long it had been on when I caught it but yeah yeah so for me I, I, um it's fun to hear the charger details and we're de- I definitely want to rehash many of those uh, but <laughs> one of will. one of the things that I loved about that show and I would love to talk to the people who like originated the show is that I would watch pretty much every episode again that that, that was on because there now that uh-huh. I look and see the list there's some that I don't ever want to see but <laughs> I would suddenly become a fan or walk away being like wow, wow you know that so-and-so is really a genius you know yeah, um, yeah. I mean I actually we'll get into MC Hammer we're going to talk about today but I was like wow yeah. Hammer and so I loved that feeling of of learning about an artist and having the expectations completely flipped. And then, you know, every once in a while I'd get into an artist as a result of it. But, but if there was a band that I liked, it was appointment viewing. Like when weird, oh, Al- definitely. I still have the VHS. I taped off the television of weird Al's episode. Solid, solid. Um, so, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the the whole notion that this was the era, I think, when A&E Biography was on 24 hours a day also. And Which so, I also enjoyed. Oh, so good. <laughs> if they did a week on mobsters, I watched everyone. I've seen five different versions of the Meyer Lansky. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they'd rehash different elements of them. They'd be like, Meyer Lansky, Jewish mobsters. <laughs> Mobsters who had a connection to Vegas, and they keep and I just watch this nonstop. So then the idea that they could do something on a subject that I love so much, like rock and roll, crazy. So, so as we went into our, um, as we went into our uh, research, we mm-hmm. we went to try to collect as many episodes as possible. Um, uh, and uh, there seems to be the biggest dearth in this first season. It seems to. It seems Viacom's really holding on tightly. To yeah, they're those. just keeping those close to their, their chest on that one. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope, I hope that pays off at some point. Um, <laughs> but we are going to go. So the way we agreed we're going to do this is we're going to go down the list. We're going to talk about the ones we don't have copies of, and then mm-hmm. we're going to get into some of the ones that we've seen recently and and, and really yes. break those down. Are you good with that? I'm I'm totally good. Okay. I hope the audience is. So so the. F- <laughs> First one on the list, episode one, which we do not have, and I think we'll really have arrived when someone loves this program so much that they send us a copy of it. Yes. Is This is the only reason we're here to yeah, see this podcast. Exactly. Is because we want to see this episode. Exactly. It's the Millie Vanilli episode. <laughs> so please, someone, find the Millie Vanilli episode. Maybe, yeah, and find the Millie Vanilli episode, and we will we will watch it and gush over it. I just rebought that CD. Oh, my goodness. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so I was playing it for my kids, and then... By the way, trying to explain to a four-year-old and a six-year-old the whole Millie Vanilli controversy is very complicated. Uh, well, <laughs> so, it did happen on the Goldbergs. I mean, you know, lip-syncing. Oh, yeah. You could explain it to them that way. Oh, that's true. I haven't watched that episode with them, but I have watched a bunch of episodes with them, so I can just go back okay. and work on that. Yeah. All right, cool. There you go. So, Millie Vanilli, do you want to say anything further about it, or should we really just save that for the for that Holy Grail moment? When it I, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I'm sure I've seen it. We all sort of know the story of it, but I really, I, I need to revisit this. I need to see it again. Oh yeah, I, I am, um, uh, I do, I, I remember it. I remember loving every minute of it. I remember where I was when I watched that one. Um, but then, thanks to you, because to be honest, we, the earliest ones I had found on my own were Fleetwood Mac and Andy Gibb, and again, we can, we'll talk about those a little bit, but woo, not exactly blockbusters as comparison. <laughs> 
to the, the later years to the joy <laughs> that watching the MC Hammer behind the music was for me oh. yesterday. Oh my goodness! Oh. I, I listened to him all day today. I was like <laughs> boogieing in my seat to the Adams Family rap. They do, 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 do. So perfect. Uh, it is such a great soundtrack. So, so all right, let's get into it. MC Hammer. What is the first thing that comes to your into your mind when you when you think MC Hammer? Like what is your instant MC Hammer memory? Um it's from the uh the the video of him just dancing on the blocks in the the parachute pants. Oh, the parachute pants. Yeah, oh. the parachute pants. I cuz my niece at the time would have been about I think she was about maybe two or three when that album came out and that was her favorite song can't touch this it was her favorite song and every time we put it on she would do the hammer dance and it's it that still sticks in my memory as well so that video was on a loop every time it came on much music whatever it was recorded and it was played over and over and over again so i remember getting a copy of the tape right because that's when you dub tapes from people all the time from from my neighbor thomas and um i remember but but the first thing that keeps to pop in my mind all the time is that taco bell commercial that he did where he jumps off and and it's referenced in the episode where he jumps off the like the the end of the commercial is him jumping off the roof and the parachute pants saving him and for some reason that's the first thing that comes into my mind with Hammer. So at this moment in the in the story of the sh- of the episode where they're talking about him, this was like the sellout moment. In mm-hmm. my mind, I remember being a kid and being like, "Hammer can't be stopped. He's just <laughs> nothing will hold him back. He's now selling Taco Bell too. He's amazing." <laughs> I saw that clip in in the behind the, the music but i don't ever remember seeing that commercial yeah like I mean, as a kid i don't I, remember seeing it I, I don't even know how i saw it we didn't have taco bell in montreal growing up did you have taco bell in niagara um we had taco bell the next town over we didn't have it in niagara we weren't classy uh, enough for it yeah we did not have it in there the, the <laughs> saint hubert and the swiss chalet really dominated the, oh uh, the swiss chalet <laughs> i ate at a swiss chalet a couple weeks ago by the way Oh, is it still just as good as I remember? You know what? I got to tell you, that chicken and ribs combo is <laughs> serious business. It rivals anything I've had. And they and they put, put together a solid poutine, too. But they do. They do. I think we should try and get them to sponsor us. Yes. I'm going to send them a note. We just plug you. Please. We'll just, I'd like to have them mail us just like some like cold yeah. chicken. I don't and know. some chips. I want the fries as well because yeah. those are good fries. Oh, I heard you. You checked your British. Uh, I know. Accent. I did. I don't. You don't have to censor yourself. We could be for an international audience. Well, I am international. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So hammer. Um, how about I'll, I, I? I took some notes. I don't know if you took notes, but I, 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 in order to watch shows and remember what I'm going to say about them, I, I wrote some notes. So fabulous. Um, I, I'm going to talk about some of the elements of the first act and just get some of either your reactions or things that, that came up. Number one was uh, the fact that he um, at a very young age was uh, such a talented dancer. This is not something I really knew. I really, I realized I knew nothing about MC Hammer, by the way, when I saw this. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel bad. The only thing I knew is that he 
lost his $33 million. (laughs) They really make you feel bad for only knowing that about him. But he, you know, he came from a a pretty uh, tough area of Oakland. um, Mm -hmm. And he was an extraordinarily talented dancer. And he got the attention of the owner of the Oakland A's at a young age. That's crazy. That was a wild story. That doesn't happen. I don't think that would happen anymore. Do you think you could be dancing outside a stadium and someone pick you up? I guess, you know, Nowadays, it's gotta happen, I guess. But you know, I think everyone's out there dancing now. Yeah, there's and there's like full drum sets and bands, and you have to have a permit. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then they talked about, uh, you know, they talked also where he got his name. That he got his name from hanging out with the Oakland A's. Are are you a baseball fan at all? Um, I used to play, but I don't really watch. No. So I know of them. Uh, <laughs> of the, of That's that. what you're asking me. <laughs> so, so baseball, I, I, you know, I was, I was an American, or I am an American, but I was, I was, ra- I was born in Philly, and, and baseball came from. Dad's from Brooklyn. Talked a lot about baseball when we were little. I had baseball cards, and then that that year that the Expos were doing really well, and there was a strike. That's it. That broke my heart. I never recovered <laughs> from that. So I'm sort of stuck in the '90s. But oh, I, man. I always thought MC Hammer came up with his own name, but as it turns out, he was no. named after. Hammer and Hank Aaron, which is really cool. Yeah. And there's this moment in the, I don't know what you thought about it, but one of the things that came across is how kind of willing to make fun of himself he was. He seemed very self-aware and very cool. Mm-hmm. And he makes this joke um, because he, I guess he didn't know his father growing up. He makes a joke about how when he saw a picture of Hank Aaron and he thought that they looked alike, he kind of jokingly <laughs> goes, dad. And then he says, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, I thought that was a pretty funny moment and kind of that theme of him being kind of down to earth and pretty funny. Mm-hmm. That really stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, what what do you think of him? Did he come off as genuine to you? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, especially watching like the early interviews and even like the later ones. And like, I've seen interviews with him since all of this has taken place and he still seems very, very down to earth, like humbled, but he, you know, he seems sort of the same just without the money. Uh, yeah. The, the, or less <laughs> or less money. I mean, now I've, I imagine if you're the air hammer, you could probably do a small tour and make some money, right? Like make a living. Oh, just I'd go see him. Oh, after having seen, <laughs> honestly, after having seen the footage of his live shows. Oh, yeah. This is perfect. This is the next section here. Is then, okay, so he, he gets discovered. He goes on tour. He's touring with 15 dancers and 20 musicians. All from, the, all from like his area of Oakland as well. Like he would just pick up little like kids who didn't have a job. Cause that was one thing that came up in, I think one of the stage hands or something was like, what do you do here? He's like, I just, you know, stand on the side of the stage. And he's like, why? He's like, cause I didn't have a job. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He was just paying all the like, kids to come in and like tour with him. Uh, I was, <laughs> that was, that was amazing. And then just the spectacle that it was, I, I've, I, I, I admittedly, I'm not like a hip hop aficionado. I have okay. seen a number of good hip hop or rap shows over the years, and and I found depending on where I'm seeing them and who they are, like wildly different results. Like I saw um, Jizza in a small club last year. It's just wow. him, him and a DJ, and that was amazing. And that was like really. Because you really got to feel the kind of poetry and the rhythm of it, but mm-hmm. I've been in bigger venues, and I don't want to say anything disparaging about any particular acts, but where it just sort of ends up sounding like hollow yelling and sort of shout outs to the crowd, and you don't really get that 
um, vibe that that vibe and yeah. just a lot of loud DJ music. But <clears throat> but Hammer had this like massive live band and wow, would I want to see a Hammer concert? Yes. Um, Where is he on Twitter? We have to tweet him. Let's yes, let's go we'll invite him. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so so he goes on this massive he goes on this massive tour. He sells four million, you know, four million albums, um, and he seems to be this like genuinely good guy who's you know I mean he he had his he had all these people on tour with him, um, and then as the story goes, as often goes, and and he actually lays it out in a very clear way about you know here's all the money that went to taxes and then mm-hmm. he, here's all the here's all the um costs of doing xyz for being in the business and then i was paying all these people on my payroll five hundred thousand dollars a month man and then i had and then i had um no money <laughs> uh, <laughs> go figure <laughs> but he he was very cool about not you know, blaming blaming other people, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, it, I got a question. If you okay. if you tomorrow had a hit, mm-hmm. well, you're you're a writer, you're uh, an actor. If tomorrow you ended up mm-hmm. with a hit show, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna. I mean, unless you're a rapper too, are you a rapper? Because I'm trying to make it an analogy. No, no, I'd like to try, but no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tomorrow you you have the hit TV show that we all know you're going to do one day, and overnight you bank. Forty million dollars, thirty million dollars. Okay. How would you cope with that? Do you think you would spend all of it? Do you think no. you would hire everybody you know? Like, I I don't I think would, I know as many people as he does. So, yeah, no, I don't know that many people, but I would certainly hire a few close friends. But no, I I grew up on the bread line, so even now when I have a decent paying job, I still stock like half my paycheck away. So there's no way that that would go anywhere. Yeah, I I just couldn't see a scenario where where I would kind of lose the eye uh, lose the eye on the ball. But that that is the big moment. I think there's two big moments that are like the <laughs> you always get to the part and behind the music where it says mm-hmm. and then something happened and it was <laughs> never the same. Struck. <laughs> yeah, and it's always right before the commercial. Hammer was at the top of his game and then things would never be the same. <laughs> That's how they hook you back in. They got to keep you back for the yeah. commercials. And then they and then they always tease, like they show you a, a part of an interview of someone else saying something. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Hammer. You know, was well. Anyways, I can't remember right now. Oh, he was being dissed by all the other by other rappers. And then the other thing, and I would love. I'm dying to know what you think of this. Is when he's viewed as we talked about this at the beginning, but when he's viewed mm-hmm. as selling out. What do you think about how how he was dissed by it? It's, they, they listed the people that dissed him. LL Cool J, Ice Cube. Uh, yeah. Um, I can see where they're coming from, but you know what? The, the name of the entertainment industry is like, it could all go away tomorrow, as is, you know, exemplified by Hammer's story. But take it while you can get it. You know, unless you're compl- like, there's no way he didn't eat at Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on. You're right. Like, if he was doing something that he would never would have used or never would have gone, like then I'd be like, okay, you're kind of selling out for the cash. But come on, we all ate Taco Bell, so I think you know, do what you have to do. Do you remember the first time you ate Taco Bell? I'm back on this Taco Bell. Thing. Ooh, you're really kicking this Taco Bell. Um, I, I, because it was like the town over, which is like a 15 minute drive. I'm gonna hazard to guess it was after a bar. 
Ah. And we went to the drive-through or something. Because I don't remember eating it as a kid. I don't think we we went. We drove that party at food. Yeah, my my Cuban Jewish mother would not let me eat at Taco Bell. There's there was a lot of not, not well, and it was not in the town that we grew up in. The one time I that I remember the first time I had Taco Bell, and I had little those little cinnamon twist sticks for dessert, delicious. <laughs> um, it was at the Houston airport. Oh, going wow. to a like Jewish summer camp oriented vacation and uh, not vacation convention where like all the kids from Jewish summer camp all over the country got together. And my buddy Danny Newman from Long Island said, it's time to have Taco Bell. <laughs> had... Danny Newman is an instigator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had I had a taco supreme and a nacho bell grande. It was so good. Uh, okay, back to Hammer. Uh, back to Hammer. Okay, so he gets broke. Uh, very and, quickly, yeah. And, and very quickly. And, and, and then they list the people he owes money to, which includes football's Deion Sanders. Yeah, like, like, what? I want to know for, like, what What happened there? What I, What happened? What, what, do you, what do you go to... How do you end up in that situation where... I don't know. Like, what are you asking Deion Sanders for money for or to invest in? Like, did he, did he, like, try and buy a ring off him or something? I don't... Like, what did he do? I want to know. They yeah. should have delved, like, deeper into that one. I would like, yeah, exactly. The behind the behind the music of the Deion oh. Sanders-Hammer relationship. Deion, if you're out there, please fill us in. I will I say this. Happening. One of the things that is on Hammer's... They showed on Hammer's amazingly huge wild house is that he had in gold letters on the gates, Hammer Time. Yes, with music symbols. Exactly. <laughs> I, visiting my cousins in Plano, Texas, when Dion played for the Cowboys, we, mm -hmm. we drove around the neighborhood where he lived and we went to his house and in gold-plated letters on the front of his gates, Prime Time. So, nice. <laughs> it's actually probably around the same time that this documentary was made, so, you know. Wow. And so, I don't know, maybe that maybe they were... Maybe they were investing in uh, gate signage. Gate. <laughs> Custom gates. Gate signage, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk. You are, you're an expert on TV. I love listening to all your thoughts on TV. Let's talk about this as a program. Okay. What did you think of the panoply of people weighing in, which included our many appearances of, from Arsenio Hall? <laughs> I mean, I guess you need, like, input from people that were there. But to be fair, like, the story of MC Hammer, there wasn't a hell of a lot of snide comments coming from people. Because usually it's like, he was a dick or he deserved it. But everyone would just kind of went, yeah, he had 15 cars. And I don't know why you have 15 cars. Like, how many cars can you drive kind of thing? Um, but, I mean, you, you need backstory. Because they, they never particularly interview the artist on this show, do they? The the one that they're profiling. Yeah, it seems that they... I don't know if... Uh, that's something I'd love to find out. Do the artists agree to be in the show, or are they using stock interviews for it? I just don't know. Are they using... I, I wonder if they agree to... I mean, look, Hammer, this thing is like a PSA for Hammer's a good guy, so... Maybe yeah, he's, exactly. Maybe he, was, maybe he was willing... So if you had to pick among the various... I don't know if, how good your memories of it, but... Who would be your MVP if people spoke in the interviews? Oh, man. I don't know. Arsenio is always a winner for me. He is, I don't know. He reminded me how funny he is. Yeah, exactly. 
I loved his show as a kid. Oh, it's probably back. Oh yeah, he was very funny in the interviews. I'd love to see yeah. the Arsenio outtakes. <laughs> just, it's probably like five hours of him just rambling on about different things, yeah. tangents and stuff. Uh, I I really I really loved um, MC Hammer's wife, and I didn't do a ton of research about what's happened to him since. But I, I are they still married? I think they're still married. That was... I believe they are. The interview that I saw like not that long ago, um, they were still married. But I I don't know when that interview was taken. It was certainly long past this behind the music profile. In, in any event, that was a really there was there, you know every behind the music has their like dark parts and. There was no relationship dark parts. Seemed like no. they were a team. They seemed like they worked really well together. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Thought, I thought that was pretty admirable. Uh, okay. Moving on, I have some like creative questions for you. Oh, okay. Creative questions for you. Okay. So if you were casting Hammer the movie <laughs> or MC Hammer the movie, I can't get to say MC Hammer because of the whole redemption that happens when he brings the MC. You got to bring the MC. Um, who would you cast as Hammer in Hammer the oh, movie? Oh, man. Well, again, I grew up in that sort of in living color era, so all I can think of is Tommy Davidson playing him. Oh, that's that's a great choice. I didn't even think of Tommy Davidson. I was, like, far less creative when I was thinking about this. I was like, I don't know, Hammer can act. Why doesn't Hammer do a Howard Stern in private parts and play Hammer? That's a good point, though. That's a good point. But Tommy Davidson is a is a good choice. I saw him perform live recently also. Really? Oh, I love him. He was, he was the first stand-up comic I ever saw as a kid. Really? Uh, I My mom took me to see... Weird Al Yankovic when I was 10 years old and by the way like Adam Goldberg she jammed herself backstage and met Weird <laughs> Al we can talk about that story another time uh, um, but he was doing the Just for Last Festival in Montreal which is uh, which at the well, time I didn't realize it was a big deal but it is a big deal <laughs> and, and Weird Al was hosting a night and that meant that Weird Al would come out and do two songs and then they'd have two comedians and Tommy Davidson was like the first or second comedian of the night and he killed he was by far the funniest of the whole night he Man. brought the roof I actually I'm not going to repeat them here because he'll do them better than me and I'll probably get in trouble but I still remember I was 10 years old and I still remember the jokes he made that's how funny they were Man, your mom was cool to take you to a stand-up comedy show at ten. My mom, my parents, yeah. N not only are they are, are they cool, but like their gauge for what's appropriate and inappropriate to show children is very strict. <laughs> That's fine. Very strict. Okay. That's usually the best childhood, though, right there. All right, Hammer has some great great songs, right? Yeah. Which? What is your desert island Hammer song? Ah. Oh. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go rogue and be like too legit. That's that's amazing. That's a great choice. I just it's such it, a great, you get hand motions so you can work out. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, everyone's gonna be like, you know, hammer time or whatever, you know, or out of family. Now I'm like too legit. Did you? Did you? Do you have any video footage of yourself like doing the too legit like dancing or or, or the hand motions? Probably, yeah. I remember sitting and practicing it. Oh yeah! Like as soon as that video came out, everyone was doing that. Oh yeah, and 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 again, going back to the episode, yet the record company saw that album as like some sort of not success, which 
kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I enjoyed it thoroughly all the way through. So for me, um, I'm going to have to go with, I think it's here. I think it's Here Comes the Hammer. It's that really, nice. really fast one. I was listening to that today, and I was just bouncing up and down. <laughs> Here Comes the Hammer. I mean, that was, I shouldn't, <laughs> I should probably not sing MC Hammer songs <laughs> on this, but like, so fast, so much, so great. And But then also, the, this this episode opened me up to his whole um, gospel sort of inspired songs. I always thought, I didn't realize Pray, that song, was connected mm-hmm. to that and this song do not pass me by i, I kind of started listening to it my first time ever today that song is amazing he's got a good catalog man yeah 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 all right um okay so uh all right so that's hammer you have any other do you have any thoughts do you have any other thoughts questions musings on hammer I just really want to. I wish we tour. Everyone's making a comeback tour. I want to tour. Yeah, that's right. If we can get a Will and Grace reboot, we can get a Hammer. You know what? Yeah, exactly. If we can bring Dan Connor back from the dead for Roseanne, we can get Hammer back on stage. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I know you and I both have strong feelings. I, some reboots are good reboots. I don't know. Have you seen Cobra Kai yet? I haven't. I have heard it's an exception to the rule, but it is so good. Even with its flaws, it is. So All right. Good. So Hammer, I I believe a Hammer tour would be like a Cobra Kai level awesomeness. I believe so. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll breeze through now. I guess we'll wrap up soon. We'll breeze through um, some of the episodes in between that we. So Boy George, we don't have a copy of that. We don't have a copy of that one. And I don't know much about Boy George other than the couple of the Karma Chameleon and Yeah. Do you really want to hurt me? Do you have any Boy George musings? He's from where uh, you live, right? Yeah, he's from England. Um, my cousin, when he was like, because he's quite a bit older than me, when he grew up sort of like in, at the time of like Karma Chameleon and all that, and he went down to London one time to try and find Mark Allman from, um, oh gosh, what are they called now? Culture? culture soft, no, no, uh, Soft Cell. I know. And um, uh, Boy George. <laughs> and they actually found Boy George's house. <gasps> knocked on his door and his housekeeper opened the door and they were like where's boy George and she's like he's not here and she's like you're lying oh <laughs> damn down boy George's like thing but yeah they didn't get to meet him apparently and but then, they were convinced he was in the house oh wow and then they were in episode 5 of behind the music nowhere to run with the stuff they were yes they're probably there's yeah camera footage of them so episode 4 which was originally the earliest episode I had I, I watched um, which is Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I have a lot to. I have a lot to say. It won't take a ton of time, but I have a lot to say on Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Do you? Did you? Were you able to get through it? Not really. <laughs> I kind of had it on in the background. Um, it wasn't enthralling for me. So, but to be fair, I don't really know too much about them. So, like I, I didn't grow up on that music. So I, I didn't either. And I, you know, I hang with a lot of like hardcore music fans, and they they are serious about Fleetwood Mac. Like really, yeah, serious about Fleetwood Mac and really serious about the amazingness of Stevie Nicks and and I, I, I respect her for sure because Fleetwood Mac aside, she's conspired with some of my favorite artists in, on uh-huh. other things uh, and landslides like a killer song. Um, but I I only know the Dixie Chicks version. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's okay. That one's awesome too. It's not that different than the than the original. It's it's, it's good. actually the Dixie Chicks version and probably the definitive version 
at this point. It's that is a great version. There is a Billy Corgan version. I don't know if you've ever heard really? that. Really? No. It's just him and an acoustic guitar. I bought that for my sister for like at a, at a used record store for her birthday. Anyways, I will send you that. That is, it's really, it's really cool. But that song's okay, a masterpiece. All I want to say about Fleetwood Mac is that they repeatedly say throughout this documentary <laughs> this episode that they are not easy listening music and the only yes, thing that i are. think of when i think of fleetwood mac is that it's easy listening music exactly and yeah it's something you'd hear in like the doctor's office in my head exactly. i mean whatever yeah and this and um also i gotta say i also didn't know a lot about fleetwood mac it was not until the snl skit what's up with that do you know Oh yeah, with Jason oh, Sudeikis. Amazing, with Jason Sudeikis doing the Running Man. When, yeah. when they'd have uh, one of the guests, always Bill Hader playing Lindsey Buckingham, <laughs> and he never gets to speak. Yeah. I completely thought that the person who wasn't Stevie Nicks was Lindsey Buckingham my entire <laughs> life until that skit came out. Turns out her name is Christine McVie. Didn't know that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I learned that. Um, I I knew about the early Fleetwood Mac blues era, which was, was always like a cool thing to say in high school. It's like, yeah, I only like Fleetwood Mac's Peter Green days, Black Magic. Yeah, Man. that was you know that, that was pre that? Stevie Nicks, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it was like the thing that you'd always drop. You like, you know, they wrote Black Magic Woman. Um, <laughs> and then it seems That's like your a, party yeah, trick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly that was a high school party trick. Right? So well, that is the, that is you nailed it. I. Mic drop on that, but Thank you. I, I do feel like pretty much like so. The best song that I so I was reminded of a few songs and and go your own way is a yeah is a killer song. It was I saw recently the band Bleachers, which are some of the dudes uh, Antonoff, the guy who's in Fun, opened for Pink, and they played a killer version of that song. That's great. However, I do think that song. And a lot of their music just sounds like it should be rolling in the credits of Mannequin. <laughs> Which is, I love that movie. But That is my, fa- my favorite review of anything I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Please write that down and send it to somebody who can get that to the masses. <laughs> that is a perfect review. <laughs> And they get to the part about rumors and like already they're talking and I'm already sick of rumors. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Move on. Uh, But there was one song that I'd never heard before, and that was Tusk. And they showed a live version of that where they brought like a whole marching band in and everyone's yelling Tusk. Yeah. I I thought it was pretty cool. And then all I could imagine was that Kevin Smith movie called Tusk? Tusk, yes. <laughs> and wonder, I haven't seen it, but wondering if this song is in that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. I don't know. Probably. I, I think, I, I, I would be surprised if he didn't slip that in somewhere. I'd like I'd like to see, or some reference to it. I'd like to see that yeah. movie at some point. So, so anyway, there was that one. Okay, so then, then there's the Nowhere to Run Stalker one. Then something called Image Makers, which can only be about managers, I guess. Leonard Skinner, uh-huh. I, I don't want to make anyone angry. Leonard Skinner is an awesome band on a lot of levels, but I feel like all the bands that influence are better. Uh, and really, I mean, really, did they have any other hit? Sweet, like- Sweet Alabama and then Freebird. 
Freebird's, you know. Oh yeah, I always forget about Freebird. Because people don't yeah. really listen to Freebird; they just <laughs> yell it, right? They just yell Freebird because it's. Well, a that was like a David Spade act, wasn't it? Like. Oh, is that, years, yeah. is that where that comes like, from? Just, okay. Wow. Just play Freebird and get off the stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like there, there's a band, the Drive-By Truckers, for example, that are very influenced by Skinner. I, mm-hmm. They probably like, they probably hate me for saying that I don't like Leonard Skinner, but they themselves, um, they have an album called Southern Rock Opera that is absolutely better than anything I ever heard from Leonard Skinner. It's a masterpiece, but it, it has a lot of Leonard Skinner references in it, so... Anyways. Fair, fair. Teddy Pendergrass, don't know anything about him? Nope. Billy Joel, one of my heroes. Well, we don't have enough time for me to talk about Billy Joel and what we he We can needs. get onto it the next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's too much. Lilith Fair, always wanted to go. I did go. Ah. I went once, yeah. What was that like? Um, Yeah, it was, I was like 16. And it was like one of our, because we used to go to Vans Warped Tour and then Little Fair came around for the first time, like in Toronto. And we're like, we should go. It's Sarah McLaughlin. And we kind of realized that we didn't really like any songs played by anybody there. Oh, no. We're like, Sarah McLaughlin's cool, I guess. Uh, name a song. I don't know. She, she had this song. I think it was called Hold On. It was. I. Th- I want to say. Um, I believe that's Wilson Phillips. No. Oh no no. <laughs> that is, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna. I have to. There, you're. You're correct. <laughs> but. Um, I only know that because it's in Bridesmaids. But I think that there is. Okay. There was this album that came out called No Alternative. Do you remember this album? It was a compilation in the grunge era. No. Does this, does this mean anything? I'm going to send this. I don't know how to send the link to you right now. Anyways, no alternative. <laughs> it had this picture of a kid and his eyes are blanked out by the words, no alternative. And it was, oh, I'm reading it now. It was a benefit for AIDS relief. And it had, so here are the, the people who performed on it. Matthew Sweet, okay. Buffalo Tom, Urge Overkill, Mick Jagger had no idea that he was on there. Billy Corgan, Sarah McLaughlin, Bob Mould, John Fogarty? No kidding. Beastie Boys, Patti Smith, Kim Deal. Wow. Uh, there was a hidden track by Kurt Cobain. Wow. No kidding. There were cassette. Wow. Okay. I'm going down the rabbit hole. The point is this. Oh, and it has this amazing song called Unseen Power of the Picket Fence by Pavement, which, oh, there's a Soul Asylum version of Sexual Healing on there. So they. Interesting. So, anyways, <clears throat> on it, yes, track number 10 here was Hold On. A different, Sarah, a different song than the Pleasant Phillips songs <laughs> by Sarah McLaughlin, and it, it kind of like it made me have a crush on her. There was something sort of I don't know. I had to, like I had a crush on Sarah McLaughlin for a period, and it was because of that song. Fair, okay. So that, that's my main admission, little fair related admission. <laughs> uh, all right, and, and we'll wrap. Well, our, so our last person we'll talk about today, only because we spent a few minutes talking about him, and that is Andy Gibb. Oh Lord. That is when I realized that we cannot watch every minute of every of these. <laughs> I think it was going through like the this like the episode list of season one, and I was like, "Oh, what have we gotten ourselves into here?" Like, yeah, so, Lord. <clears throat> so, do you have any? Do you have anything to say about Andy Gibb or his brothers? Um, I didn't really care about them before, and I don't really care about them now. <laughs> Yeah, I would just say if we if we, if we were to ask you if you were to ask ask you like who was your you know favorite supporting character in that episode of Behind the Music, I would give it to his chest hair because <laughs> it was whew, so much. 
<laughs> so much chest hair. That's the only thing I could think about. Never heard a single one of his songs. Yeah, you were just distracted. I didn't hear anything in the documentary. I just saw the chest hair. Yeah. All right. So I, I think we're kind of coming to the end of our first episode of Behind the oh. Behind the Music. And uh, I guess we can end by doing the usual thing where we say, Ash, where, what do you prefer, by the way, Ash or Ashley? Uh, either or. I, re- I, I, I answer to both. Okay, cool. All right. So, Ash, I'll, I'll go back and forth until I, because this, this is the first time we've ever spoken was today. Uh, <laughs> like right now. <laughs> right now. So I'm, I'm finding my rhythm and what I can call you. It's fine. Uh, where can people follow you? Uh, I am on Twitter at comedy underscore girl. Uh, I, I'm on Instagram, but I don't really post on it. I'm Improvenator on there. That is one of the best Instagram names ever. I love that. Thank you. I it's also in- my, t- my Tumblr name as well, if anyone's on Tumblr. I almost introduced you as the Improvenator herself. <laughs> I think that name is so I, would, awesome. I hope you do that for the next week. Okay. All right. That'll, yeah. that, that'll be, that'll be it. Um, very cool. So you can follow me uh, at pancake for table on Twitter. And, um, Oh wait, I forgot to ask you. You're also on at least one other podcast that I listen to. Maybe other ones. You should plug that as well. Cause I feel oh, like well. we owe it to our, to our, you know, our home bases <laughs> to talk about that. Yes. Cause I can't be on just one podcast. Uh, I'm on the gold nerds podcast. Uh, which we've been on a bit of an extended hiatus, but we will be coming back shortly. Uh, it's on uh, iTunes and uh, Podcast Garden. Check it out. You can find it. Just Google it. I host that with the incredible Joe. Joe, man. And my top humans who I haven't oh. met that I want to meet. He's He will be in your top humans who you have met hopefully someday. That's amazing. <clears throat> Um, so you can follow me at pancake four table. That's pancake and the number four table on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, if you in, enjoy the, uh, the often made fun of tone of my radio voice by my sisters, they can, you know what they say? This is a Goldberg's kind of inside joke, but, uh, they, whenever I do the intro to Friday night movie, which is our podcast, uh, with, that I have with my sisters, they crack up and they often reference uh, the John Calabasas from the Goldbergs <laughs> because they're like, so are, are you, um, you, it's like some mall model going to call you to do you- like voice acting <laughs> lessons. Like what's, <laughs> oh, are you going to be selling some like video dating next yeah, time I speak to you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyways, so you can you can follow you can follow me on Twitter and, and catch that podcast. We don't have a, a an actual home yet for this one, but we will come up with it. We and, certainly will. And you, people can follow that too and subscribe and do all the things that that people do. So yeah. see you soon where we will um, go through all of the success, heartbreak, passion, fame, fortune, and glory. You see I did it in reverse this time. That was impressive. Uh, of another band and series of artists next week. Have a great week. See ya.